This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A very good evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast. After coming back to rescue a point on Saturday at Colchester United, there's a big question in the air. And that is, when all said and done, done as in D-O-N-E, not Davis Keeler done, does the performance actually matter as long as we get the results? Does it matter about playing sexy football, the fluid stuff that gets us on the edge of our seats? When all we need to do is just accept that sometimes it needs to be a little bit ugly as long as the points come home with us. Tonight we'll reflect on that performance at Colchester United and try and answer that big question of whether football being a resource-based business is what it's all really about. As always, we welcome and invite your comments, questions and opinions in the live feed on the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters get involved with the show in the live feed now and have your say on your team Good evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Hope that you're all having a great week and are still happy that the Stags managed to rescue that point on uh, on Saturday afternoon at Colchester. To be honest, I was about three seconds from getting up and going into the kitchen to make a cup of tea and put the tea on. And then I thought, hang on a minute, something's brewing here. And then Davis Keeler Dunn popped up and scored that absolute worldie, which just goes to show that it doesn't matter how you play sometimes. Football truly is a results-based business. Joining me to talk all about that tonight, let's say hello, good evening and welcome to Mr. Alan Wilson. Good evening. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. And let's say to let's say hello to the man who tonight has come in fancy dress as a pilot. It's pilot parking. Good evening, Clive. Yes, I'm in the Luftwaffe. <laughs> I'm, uh, I've, I just dropped all my bombs on Bellamy Road Estate. Well, that's all right. I don't live there anymore, so that's no. Uh, it, it did thirty quid's worth of damage. Well, that's about that's about right. To be fair, uh, hello and welcome to the show to all of you. Thanks so much for joining us as ever tonight. Um, I don't know if anyone would have noticed, but the intro at the start, I went to play it on my little screen. And it wasn't there, so I had to like make it up as we went along. Nobody will have noticed, so I don't know why I just said all that. Anyway, let's move on with the, with the show. It's all going wrong tonight. Um, as always, we need your guys' comments and questions and opinions in the live feed, so do get involved in the uh, the chat below now. Um, Clive, on Saturday afternoon, 
with uh, seconds to go, I was ready to uh, go into the kitchen, put the kettle on and put the tea on. Were you ready to get your co and head back to the bus and make an early exit from the ground? Or did you believe that uh, Mansfield could muster up a little bit of Mansfield magic? No, I thought we were going to lose the game. And I thought on balance, we probably deserved to. Um, but having said that, they worked incredibly hard in the second half of the second half. And I think the goal was probably merited on the work rate. Um, we gave Colchester a little bit too much respect, in my opinion. Although, to be fair, they played far better than I personally expected them to do. And their, their game plan was well well thought through. They were pressing us hard and high. And uh, we weren't on, we didn't have the form that we've had in previous weeks to deal with that. Alan, uh, Adam in the comments says, I'd forgot how nerve-wracking 1-0 down at 90 minutes actually is. He's not wrong, is he? Because uh, with Mansfield Town, anything could happen. And, uh, and usually does, to be fair, Craig. Yeah, I think it's like Clive said, they worked incredibly hard in the second half of the second half because they seemed to play, you know, they seemed to be more, a little bit more fluent than they had been. But I just, I just, I, I really thought that they missed Maris personally. You know, the uh, Aaron Lewis was doing his fine thing like he normally does and uh, Mr. Reed were pinging the balls left, right and centre. But I just think, I, I think we missed that energy from Maris personally. But a point is a good result there, you know, and we go on onwards and uh, upwards. Did it feel like Mansfield missed Maris, Clive, in that uh, in that game on Saturday? It wasn't just Maris we were missing. We desperately need a Quinn-like character back in the side. And we miss the pace that Oaks alone seems to give us. Take all those things out and and, Maris, and we had also a, a wasted shirt in uh, Hiram Boateng in the first half. And I just thought we were asking too much of a team that wasn't or didn't seem to be as up for it as they had been in previous games. So when they scored deservedly, um, I thought this is the day the record changes from being unbeaten to being beaten. Um, and I wouldn't have been too upset. I, I personally don't mind losing if we deserve to lose. I hate losing when we don't deserve to. But we would have done to, uh, on Saturday. Um, and the fact we, we actually got a point, I, I put in my headline, one of my headlines on social media, we stole a point, called the police. Because we did. And, um, and, and it's great, if you think about it. In, in a full season, if you're the sort of team that can play bad and win, or play even worse and get a point, it's, it stands you in good stead, providing you can win your home games, uh, for promotion. Well, that's the whole point in the conversation, isn't it, Alan? Because we've, we've, we've gained a reputation over the last four or five weeks or so since the season's begun of being this sexy, fluid side that likes to knock it about and really pass between the lines and really stretch teams. When realistically, you know, you, you've got to do the ugly side of the game too. You've got to accept that some opponents will... Will prove, if I can get my words out, uh, difficult to break down as Colchester did, and sometimes you just got to you've got to play ugly. And I think they played well against from uh, from all accounts. They played well against Gillingham as well. You know, either the week or two week before prior to that. And I think they've done the homework. Like there's one or two teams will do against Man. So Pat Barrow will probably do the same Saturday. But you know, it's they've got to knuckle down. And you know, even if they can't play the attractive football that we're quite used to, it's still a point. And if we can win as home games and get a point away, you know what that means. Yeah. If, if there's a positive in all this, we were, we still, at the end of the game, had the ga the energy that the, the game yeah. needed and they seem to have lost theirs. So maybe that's a reflection on overall fitness. 
Yeah, I think that's a fair point, Clive, because, you know, you look at Mansfield in, in previous seasons under Nigel Clough and as, as games went, went on, it would be more and more difficult to get back in the game. You would have that sense that they, they wouldn't do so, but certainly second half of games when we're trailing or when we've not had a good first half, we do seem to come out with a little bit of rocket. And for all the negativity we talk about, the medical team or whatever, about picking up the, the constant injuries that we do, you can't knock the effort and endeavour that's gone into uh, stepping us up a level on, in terms of fitness this season so far. I would have, uh, is that for Clive or me? Either <laughs> or you, I was saying well, I you were talking to Clive. But yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with 100%, Craig. They are. They, 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 really, they seem really fit and they, they're fighting right to the end. But I thought there was one or two, apart from missing Maris, there were one or two that weren't quite at the races. You know, I was surprised at Aikens. I know uh, Cluffy took him off, but he uh, he wasn't quite at the races. But, you know, there were one or two of them like that on Saturday, I thought. It's surprising because I thought having had a whole week off, yeah, the team would have been peppy, but they weren't. Um, and they came out better in the second half. And as the get, second half went on, they they became the better of the two sides. But we need to start better than we did. Yeah, it's, I think sometimes as well it's, it, it's about making better of your, your mistakes because we weren't playing great but realistically when when you look at it Clive the, the one thing which we did do was, was make was make an error it was an error which led to, to their goal and had we not made that error we wouldn't have conceded and you know we might have gone on to, to then win the game but I think that the biggest thing is for Lewis Brunt to, to learn from that he went high up the pitch to try and win it his, his touch was woeful to be fair and an experienced defender will drop back and get back into position he had a little bit of a rush of blood, chased the ball and left the little gap for them. And I think the biggest thing for him is just getting that out of his system into, in, and going into the next game. Well, I, I listened to his uh, post-match interview and he doesn't seem to have had a, mm. a confidence knock as a result of that. And he neither should he as a, as a player on a learning curve at the end of the day. And overall, he's played well. But it was a definite error. If I'm disappointed about anything, there was nobody covering. Yeah. So once he'd gone... That was it. The guy who got the ball, he got a freedom of the park, really. And I think that's tip, that typifies some of the goals we've conceded over the last season and a half. Make a mistake deep in midfield and then pay for it at the end. Yeah, and hopefully we can uh, try and uh, cut out them as the season goes on. One thing I want to try and avoid, Alan, uh, on the back of this is this is real, really the, the first game of the season so far that we've been poor in all areas of the pitch for a long period of time. And what I want to avoid is teams building on that and and sort of magnifying those errors and those areas of weakness. We as a team have got to learn to, to adapt and when things aren't quite going our way, have that little bit of leadership and something within us to pull us through and to make sure that we're not going to make those mistakes, that we are doing the basics, cover if someone goes forward. And, you know, if you can't string a few passes together, just knock it long for a while and, and just change your game and get that focus back. I think that's what Nigel will, uh, you know, make sure that he puts over this week or will it, it will have put over, should I say, in training this week. You know, make, like uh, Simon said in the comments, too many six out of ten performances. And I would agree with that. But, you know, it can only bode well if they learn from it. And I'm sure they will. And I think Nigel will have them up and running, you know, Saturday. And it wouldn't surprise me if Cargill comes in. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where, where he did come, yeah. 
Do you think he'd come in for Brunt, or do you think he'd uh, slot in at, at left back? I think I think it'd be a bit uh, harsh on Brunt if he did come in for Brunt, but you know I suppose you could say that for McDonald. But uh, it does it did look solid when he came on, and whenever I've seen him this year, it does look a solid player. Is is a great person to have in reserve as yeah. well. I mean, at the moment we've we've. It's just he's coming back from an illness. It's uh, an injury. He's, he's not been played a great deal, but when he's come on, he's been sound. Mm. So that's that augurs well. Oh, on the subject of the game, by the way, there's some environmental issues that uh, I think impacted on the game, the quality of the game overall. It was a stinking hot day. Mm. And, and by the way, the coach I travelled down on had got broken air conditioning, so <laughs> most impressed by that. And uh, the pitch itself was hard and bumpy and in fact it really surprised me considering it's a relatively new stadium they didn't appear to have uh, plumbed in watering systems they oh, brought no. they brought some sprinklers out on host pipes um the big sprinklers don't get me wrong but um that seems to me either they've got a system that's failed or they've never had one in the first place as a consequence the parts of the pitch were really wet and parts of the pitch were bone dry and i think that caught both teams out at times do you think that impacted on Hiram Boateng? Because people are obviously picking him out as one of the, the, the weaker performances. And I guess if, if, if a pitch is inconsistent and the game that he plays, it, it potentially could, Clive, sort of impact on, on his style a little bit. Or am I just finding excuses for a, a poor, poor display? I think you're becoming an apologist for the lad. Oh. I, I think he, um, he has got deft skills. And if he can only play on a bowling green, well, that's tough. We can't guarantee that. Um, he, he either wasn't fit, wasn't bothered, or for some reason f found the position he was in not to suit him because he looked disinterested. Now, that's probably very unfair because I can't believe he's disinterested, but that's how he looked. And everybody around where I was sat was saying he ought to come off. Well, Clough recognised that and took him off. But um, And I think um, the um, taking off... Um, who else do we take off? Aikens. Aikens. That was really just to change the shape a little bit and bring in yeah. Swan on. And I thought that worked. I'm, I'm a big fan of Aikens, so I'm not going to criticise his game. But it, because um, a lot of what he does is not automatically visible. But he, um, but I thought the the change in shape worked. I thought the um, Gale is missing it. The opportunity has been given here. Good style. Last couple of games now, he's not been on. He's not been a real threat. And he's not going to get opportunities like this too often. Yeah, it's an interesting one with James Gale because I thought the week before he was absolutely tremendous yeah. and deserved his place. Maybe it was another one of those things. I think perhaps it's with the style that we play, Alan. We didn't play on Saturday. We were very bitty. We didn't get the ball forward and... You know, he couldn't really do his game, which he's trying to close down and, and trying to, to, to pounce on, on balls forward because the service wasn't necessarily there. But again, we were talking last week to, to look at parallels that Swan's been poor so far this season. Yeah. He came on and changed the game and gave us a little bit of impact and pace. Maybe that's the secret. Whoever starts, yeah. whoever comes on, brilliant. So if you're on yeah. the you're going to be a winner. I think, in fairness to Gale, he was being marked by a very competent uh, defender and you didn't give him a great deal of room and uh, the lad needs a bit of space and he didn't get it. And we weren't threading balls through to him from midfield in the way that we expect our midfield to do. So I think there, there are reasons for all these things and I'm sure that you know any doubts I've got about the lad will be uh, 
squashed if he plays on uh, on Saturday against Barrow. When he pops up and scores a hat-trick. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, there was another uh, um, environmental issue that I think oh, you need to be aware of. The uh, yellow-flagged linesman. I, th I think he came with somebody who was looking after his guide dog for him. <laughs> he was useless, honestly. The referee had a decent game, to be fair, but this linesman, he never knew what to do at any time. It was, it was pathetic. If only Nathan Edge wasn't too busy entering quiz competitions on Heart Radio and trying to make a name for himself on Channel 5 to, to actually come on the podcast and answer those questions. Yes. Questions, keep them coming in in the comments and have your say on your team. Let's uh, whiz through a few of them so far. Chris says, yes, style matters, but the graph this season is very good. Speaking of Boateng, Robert says, I think Boateng is uh, the most underachieving player we have right now. I'm going to add a caveat to that, Robert, and I'm going to say that Boateng is the most overrated player that we've got in our ranks and I wouldn't be disappointed to see him go in the next transfer window. Uh, Marie says Boateng can't run to save his life, has no pace for a big lad, gets pushed off the ball far too quick. I'm also going to add to that, can't, yeah, he's only got one foot, he can't use his right foot. Um, another question coming in from Paul. Is Swan lacking confidence at the moment uh, and do you think Gale and Aikens can play together up top too well let's talk swan first uh, alan uh, and i think the problem the probable simple answer to, to paul's question there is swan lacking confidence at the, at the moment will be yes simply because he's not had game time and plus the fact he hasn't got a goal he hasn't got that he, he hasn't had the one-on-one -on -one really has he it was similar to gail i thought on saturday they seem to be playing to the one uh, to the right to me, you know, instead of down the middle or at the side of Aikens, everything seemed to be coming down the right, and that's not really his game, Gail. You know, he's more running and in between. But you know, it's same as uh, Swan. Swan does that separate as well because they used to say that for Oates. You know, when they played him on the right hand side, they used to say that sort of thing for him. But Swan just needs a goal, and I think once he gets that or a couple of goals, we'll see a different Swan. Yeah, it is all about just getting that uh, monkey off of his back, isn't it, Clive? Getting that first goal will lift his confidence. And, uh, you know, with, with games and goals does come confidence. Well, we know he's got goals in him. He proved it last year. Um, so, um, at this stage, I'm prepared to agree, agree with you, Craig. He's not getting, the, he's not had the practice since his, uh, since his injury. And... Uh, or illness, whatever it was that kept him out of the game, and he hasn't had the minutes yet to, to redevelop his uh, his confidence. It'll come, but he needs to show a little bit more than he did on Saturday. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, like uh, the second part of Simon's question, Clive, about Gail and Aikens playing together, because I think there's probably a case for maybe... Uh... Galen Swan to try and play together. I think Galen Aikens are similar type players. Aikens will try and hold the ball up. He does a lot of off the ball stuff, um, drops quite deep a lot of the time, as does uh, James Gale. He's a powerful presser of the ball. He's a pressing forward, likes to get, to get it wide if he can. And I don't know, I think there's something about James Gale's game when he's on his A game that can work really, really well with Will Swan, um, as soon as Reese Oates is back fit, I think that would be a tremendous, tremendous pairing as well. Don't you think that Gale and Swan are two similar players? No, I don't. I think I think they're different types of players. I think Swan's got that little bit of pace and can sort of nip in and get on the end of things and do the sort of clever stuff and, and try and pass and hold up and weave. Whereas I think Gale's a little bit more 
physical. I think he's got a bit more physicality about him. Well, in that case, there's no reason why they shouldn't act as a, a, a pair of strikers. Um, we don't have nines anymore in football, but it certainly could be two forward players. Then you've got to think about well, how does that work with DKD and and obviously Aikens as well. We can go front heavy if we're not careful. Um, I just my view is that uh, I've always liked having a, a big bruiser up front and along with a, a stylish, nippy, uh, um, faster player. Mm. Um, and that's worked over the years very, very well. But I'm not sure it's today's football that uh, accommodates that. Are we, are we going to score more goals from the player stood behind the, the striker? And I think that's because that, that space is created by good strikers, even if they're not putting goals away. Whether those two can create that sort of space on a regular basis remains to be seen. It's still very early to judge. Well, that's, I think that's where Aikens comes in, isn't it? It is, definitely. Yeah. It would be my first name on the team. Sorry, Craig, it would be my first name on the team sheet because that is what he does. I can see, you know, if uh, Aikens came on in the second half, I can't see him having the same impact as he would start in the game. Just my opinion. Yeah, you literally took the the, the topic where I was going right off the tip of my tongue. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Earlier on, you mentioned about Aikens and uh, being taken off and whether or not that was a, a tactical thing or not. I think it probably was to try and get Flint up front. Um, but I did. I don't know. I don't know whether Aikens for me is is one. He's probably the fittest member of the squad other than Jordan Bowery, which says a lot. Um, and he, you know, he will always give his his game, and I'm not slating him one little bit, but I do wonder whether last two or three games or so, whether he is carrying a little bit of a knock, which Clough's trying to hide, and he's trying to protect him um, a little bit because I don't think without um, unless he's carrying injury, I don't think Clough would be too inclined to take Aikens off, if that makes sense, Alan, with with the the way he plays. Yeah, I would agree with that because, you know, it, it's, it's happened times many, hasn't it, when maybe he's not had such a good game and it just doesn't bring him off for that reason. But I think uh, on Saturday, it did just look a bit undercooked to me. It, it just didn't seem like the Aikens. Now, that, whether that was because they were, like uh, Clive said, they were calming everybody down, you know, fighting for the ball all the time, pressing hard and whatever, and it spoiled our game and that was uh, plain for all to see. But Aikens, it wasn't getting a lot of the ball, was he? And so yeah. maybe, you know, it was just it, one of it those It takes things. a lot to have him taken off because we all yeah. know that Clough likes Aikens, Clough yeah. trusts Aikens. Um, and I think he would be agree with you, Alan, first name on the sheet after Christy Pym. And I think we... Um, we we therefore, I've seen something which is a bit unusual, him looking a bit jaded. Um, and he did look a bit jaded, um, but it, it could have been a combination of things. But I think taking him off did no harm. Yeah, Kerry says in the comments, do you think they have had a, a bug in camp? It's a, you know, it, it's yeah. a ability. It's that time of year, isn't it, where, you know, weather is changing. You look at the, the climates and everything. Clive, you're saying it was red hot on uh, Saturday down in, in Colchester. It weren't that great here. If it had been a home game, it would have been completely different. You look at the weather this week, it's been relatively all right today. Previous two days, I've contemplated putting the heating on. So when you're outside training in constant changing weathers and all of that, it's bound to take effect. And when there's a big group there, you know, one will pick it up from the other. So there's a possibility that could be there. But the important thing is, you know, that they did actually get to 
do what they needed to do, which was which gets the point, um, which is get that point on uh, on Saturday afternoon. Um, let's talk Aidan Flint and um, that masterstroke from Nigel Clough. But when it happened, Clive, did you look around at other people in the uh, in the stands and think Nigel's doing a Nigel again? I was surprised. <laughs> I mean, I can I can see the logic, but it's a bit Sunday league, I think put your uh, defender up front as an act of desperation to get a goal. <laughs> uh, but he also made the comment, didn't he, in Clough, in his interview, that he put him up front there to give that height and a target man, but the rest of the team didn't seem to recognise he'd done it. Yeah. <laughs> well, what does that say? <laughs> <laughs> How can you move him, your tallest man in the field up, up, up from this normal position up front without knowing he's gone? Oh, <laughs> it, 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 it beggared belief, didn't it? Because... You know, it was it was a good move, and I'm not slating it one little bit because it's exactly it did work eventually. Mm. Um, but I think we just need to adapt to it a little bit quicker. So I think, like Clough said in his post match, you know, we've just been laughed about it there. If they'd have noticed him, we might have actually started playing to him. But also, Alan, you look at it and then you think, well, we've just moved a centre half up front, and then what have we done to cover it? Well, we've put a centre forward at centre back. In Jordan Bowery, but yeah. no, no, Bowery's not a centre forward anymore, is he? Bowery's a Bowery, but I'd have preferred Bowery to go up if I'm being honest. But it was interesting as soon as we got the equaliser, Flint was pushed straight back into defence. <laughs> His feet didn't touch the floor; he was back in defence. It was almost like Clough ran on the pitch and dragged him to back. He said, "That's where you are now. Stay there. Stay there. No, no, don't move." <laughs> At the end of the day, it worked. You know, whether whether we think it was a good move or not, whether they passed the ball to him enough or not, we got that point, we came away, we robbed a point, and we yeah, go the, again. The bottom line, it was a point one. Yeah. And I think yeah. uh, we're going to lose games. It would have been a shame to have lost that one. We didn't. We move on. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, I think it's one of those things, isn't it? Like, I'm surprised it's taken us this long to throw <laughs> the game I wouldn't be surprised on Saturday to see Cargill come back in and Flint start up top and lose 3-0 <laughs> <No. laughs> Nothing, nothing's changed you know anything can no. happen can't it you never never know uh, Mel says yes I was so confused and annoyed he moved Flint up front to start with but it worked that shut me up uh, Simon said yes and then Brunt moved forward too sometimes with Nigel Clough he just throws bodies on doesn't he and just uh, and we just get through games but do you know what? That's the most important thing, and that's the most impressive thing so far. Touchwood about this uh, this squad that we're putting together, Alan. It's the fact that it doesn't matter about positional play. What matters is collaborative desire to stay in the game. Collaborative desire, I like that, Craig. <laughs> that would definitely say that worth a ding if ever I've heard one. It was, and you know, you can't knock it. They're playing really well because I think probably last season we'd have lost that simple as. But now well, we, we beat the, Colchester that... very easy last season, Alan, didn't we? But the, the, the Colchester team we beat last season was nothing like the one that turned out on Saturday. No, I don't, I, no, I don't particularly mean Colchester club. I mean we'd have lost the game, you know, whether it be yeah, Colchester, Salford, or whoever. But uh, yeah, and I, I can see your point because I have to say I'm less frightened of going behind now this season than I've been in previous seasons. Yeah. I just don't think it's the end of the game. You know, whereas in previous seasons, they score a goal and you think, oh, bloody hell, I may as well go and get, get myself a cup of tea because not, nothing's going to happen. Well, this season, we've, on several occasions, fought back from goals behind, yeah. haven't we? Let's make it more like Accrington now. Let's get the first goal and the second. <laughs> and the third. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, it, we played across co collaboratively well at Accrington, um, and th there wasn't really a weak player. On Saturday at Colchester, we had three or four players who were not up to that standard mm. for whatever reason, um, and uh, it showed. And I think the overall performance was as poor as it was because of that. If you look to the bright spots, I thought Pim played well. Yeah. I thought uh, Reed played well. Bowery played well. Who got the man of the match? Don't know yet. Don't know. No. Was it? I don't think they did a social media vote on it this week. Again, I, I think it was Hiram Boateng. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. In all honesty, but you know, all it's forgiven. We, we the midfield was okay with Reed on the ball. He was he was calm and, and collected, and he didn't waste many things. But we didn't have that bit of aggression you get with Maris, which brings us back to what you were saying very early on in this conversation. On we missed Maris. I think we did, yeah. and he's always got a goal in him as well. Yeah be interesting to see whether he's back available or not on saturday um and is if, he a four to six or a six to eight weeks I, I, I don't know oh, it, it might it might be an eight to twelve you don't know he's, he's... i think it's a 50 50 whether he's available or not well, i think that's how yeah, close that, it is if it's 50 50 it sounds like he might be sat on the bench throughout the game then yeah well wait and say i mean brunt can play in midfield as well and then you've got your opportunity yeah. to bring cargo back in one thing we're not sure of is even though we have got X amount of injuries, five, six, seven, whatever it is, is options still. We've yeah, got that, O'Toole. Yes. That bench looks really solid, doesn't it? You know, the more you see it, the more, you know, week in, week out, you know, as the uh, injuries start coming back. Well, there are no kids on the bench. This, this Saturday, there are no kids on the bench. Mm. No. Well, had it in previous weeks, we've had to put kids on the bench to make the numbers up. So things are starting to come back. Mm. Uh, I mean, there are obviously some really long-term injuries, which you can't even think about those, but... Um, sooner or later, Mac is going to be back. We hope, and Quinn's going to be back. We hope. Uh, who else? Who else are missing on a shortish, medium term? Uh, well, we had Callum Johnson back on the bench on yeah. Saturday. He came yeah. up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, unless we get another round of uh, tragic injuries, we we are actually starting to get better resourced. Well. I mean, you had to go and say it, didn't you? you I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, That's it. No, if the words were coming out of my mouth, <laughs> I knew. But they're out now. I can't take them back. As Tony Tony Soprano once said, you can't put the shit back in the donkey. <laughs> uh, very belated. <laughs> I can, uh, you know, I'm not editing it back in. I wasn't. Oh, yeah. I don't know. And I also, I don't. So there you go. Right, uh, let's go back to some of your guys' comments. Keep them coming in. Uh, Simon says, what did you think of Clark when he came on? Uh, Clive, what did you think of Clark when he came on? Um, he wasn't the Clark that we looked to, um, but I thought he brought a little bit of ten tenacity. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, but a little bit off the pace. Yes. But that's only to be expected. Needs some games, doesn't he? Really needs yeah. some games, um, which we'll come on to later in the show because he, whoever needs games, they're going to get games because we've got fixtures coming thick and fast. Yeah. Uh, so when is he going to trust Williams? Well, again, I think it just comes back to what I said 30 seconds ago, Alan, and that is when he's had some game time. I mean, he had 45 minutes for the reserves against Notts County. Um week or so ago now in that central league cup fixture at right back did all right um got taken off at half time along with cargill he's come on in dribs and drabs hasn't he and to be honest it's not only the um the thing of 
having minutes in the tank, but it's also looking at him positionally and looking at him in, in terms of a order of ranking of who you put in that position. At the minute, he sees him as a right-back, and for me, he's third-choice right-back. Bowery being number one, Callum Johnson being number two. Yeah, he seems to have uh, come on as left-back. He seems to have come on as a midfielder. He seems to have come on as right-back. I think it's the same as what you've just said. It all depends where he's needed most at that time. Shall we give him... You know, for a bit part player at the moment. Shall we give him the nickname The Plug, Clive? He'll just come on and plug a gap. <laughs> uh, He's good at it, though. Yeah, it's, it's probably a little bit demeaning to call him a plug. But... <laughs> a negative. <laughs> yeah, I, I've not seen enough of him to, to have a real judgment on the, on the line. He's not, he's, he's, he, looks, he looks fine, but he looks un, un, uh, unprepared. Uh, whether that's fitness or just lack of match practice, I don't know. Absolutely. Uh, right, uh, keep your comments coming in. We're going to talk fixtures coming up. We'll also look ahead to uh, the Barrow game on Saturday and talk Carabao Cup as well, as that one is just on our doorstep. Uh, keep having your say on your team in the comments in the live feed. This is the show for the fans, by the fans, and we're proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Well, Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Still unbeaten at this season, despite playing badly at Colchester on Saturday. But Davies Keeler-Dunn's late goal rescued a point, giving the Stags some much-needed momentum and still some hope as they go into a busy round of fixtures. Starting, Alan, with Barrow at home on Saturday afternoon, the first of, uh, well, a, a very, very busy period coming up for us. And I'm going to look at the next three games bef- um, and uh, the next seven, but I'm going to start with the next three. Barrow at home in the league on Saturday, Peterborough at home in the Cup on Tuesday night, and then league leaders, currently league leaders, Gillingham away the following Saturday. I think I'm going to make a bold statement. In fact, this deserves more than just me saying words. This is a bold statement announcement. A bold statement announcement. I think if we can get through these three games unbeaten, we will get automatic promotion. Thoughts? That's a very bold statement. That is, Craig. There are are some teams in this league that are already showing their mettle. And Gillingham is one of them. The other one is Swindon Town. It's how we deal with teams like that that really matters, I think. If we can come away from... uh, Priestfield Stadium with a point or more, I think that puts us up with the best. Um, but we have to win our home games first. So Barrow's got to be the first notch. Don't care too much about the cup game in the week, if I'm being honest. But it will give some players some chance to show. Um, sorry, what's the next league game? We've got Gillingham away on week on Saturday. Who's, who's next? Wrexham yeah. on Tuesday night. At Wrexham, yeah. At Wrexham. Yeah, now at home. Now at home. Yeah, I see. I don't think Wrexham are as good as their publicity would have you believe, but uh, having said that, they're there to to compete. They've against. climbed the league. They have. Um, you know, we, there, there was there's going to be very few easy points this year. Um, 
there's far more people have um, genuine ambition to get into promotion window than there are those that were going to fight for survival. Um, so I think it, we've chosen a really difficult season to get promoted, but I think we'll do it based on we've got a squad that's better than anybody else's, I think. And we've got players who, when they play well, play better than other players in other teams. I feel like I need to uh, explain my reasoning for my bold prediction. Go on, then. I, think on. I, I agree with what you've said, Clive, to be honest, about those teams like Gillingham and Swindon. But also, I don't think we can underestimate the teams like Barrow. And Barrow, for me, are one of those sides that are, they've built steadily over the last season or so. They're a difficult side to, to beat and break down. Look at what happened when we played them last season. We were comfortable against them in that they fought back in the game and ended up winning it, what, 3-2? And we were 2-0 up, yeah. uh, a game which ultimately cost us. I think they'll be difficult to break down. And I think if we can get through it, having played like we did on Saturday at Colchester so poorly, if we can get through it and, and scrap and get a result against a, a team that are exactly like we played on Saturday, which is scrappy and a little bit at odds, but gritty and difficult, that stands us in good stead. And I know, Clive, you said that you don't care about the cup game, but I do, and, and here's why. It's not just for the for the money element. We'll park that. We'll talk more about that in a minute. 10K for a win on, on Tuesday night. It's about the stature of who they are and who we aspire to be and who we've ultimately built to be. I believe that over the last season or so we've built up to become a side that is capable of competing at league one level we've fallen short in getting there with one or two anomalies whether that be injuries or soft goals to concede but i think the squads which we've had and the squad which we built now is capable of competing at league one and what we need at this stage of the campaign when we've got all these good teams to play especially going you know we're talking about the game here before we go to the league leaders, a team that last season were towards the bottom of the league. They've really built, they're really going for it. They've become a competitor. And what we need to do is we need to show that we are capable of competing against those teams in the division above us. Peterborough exactly where we want to be. They're a solid, consistent League One team. They're always there or thereabouts when it comes to the playoffs. We've got a good squad and enough players in, in the tank to still to rotate it enough to not carry too many knocks and tiredness into that, that game away at Gillingham on the Saturday, but also to compete and get a victory. And I think if we do that, it says a lot to the other teams in our division, psychologically about where we want to be. And we know we're going to have to exit that competition at some point. But given the run of fixtures we're about, we have on the back of that game, it's the best thing for us to go and give them a really good competitive game. We played Sheffield Wednesday really, really well in that second half after we conceded that soft goal, and we deserve to get we deserve to get through. Peterborough are a league below that, but at a level we need to be competing at. And for me, if we can beat Barrow, a scrappy team, and beat Peterborough, two good home games, it creates a bit of a buzz, a bit of an energy which we take into that game at Gillingham, we get a point there, or even a victory there, I just think that the momentum that it will have given us, Alan, is enough fire to take into those further fixtures where the games are coming thick and fast, the cold nights are coming in, the heavy pitches are coming in, where the real solidity 
of the league table starts to take place. I couldn't agree with you more, 100%, Craig. I just think winning breeds confidence. And I forget about... I, I don't agree with this. You know, I'm not bothered about the cup. If we go out, we go out, simple as. But let's go and let's go for the jugular. And like you say, it breeds confidence. And there's no reason why we can't do well against them. And the Gillingham. Because who's to say that when we've played Peterborough, Gillingham will still be at the top of the league? Who knows? Yeah. I think my, my view is there's every opportunity for someone to get injured or sent off in these matches. And that's the, the downside of it. The FA Cup comes into play in November, of course. And that's slightly different in that they early round games are played on Saturdays. So you're not cramming another fixture in. It's just a different fixture on a Saturday. Um, I don't get me wrong. I want to win. I'd like to beat Peterborough. And yet I take your point, Craig. It's it's a good benchmark how how much progress we've really made when you're playing a team in the in the league that we aspire to join. Uh, but I'd rather win against Gillingham than win against Peterborough. Oh, yeah. If you offered me, you know, it's either or, then of course I'm going to take Gillingham. But I just think for the momentum that it will bring... Let's have both. The, the benchmark. Let's, why not be greedy? Why not get yeah, both? The, the, both. Min the minimum for me, I'm going to say it out now, is a draw against Peterborough and getting knocked out on penalties because it's a lottery. I want to just see us give it a good game because like we've, we've all said, it's a benchmark of where we want to be. And I think I get your point about injuries and suspensions, but that could happen at Gillingham. That, that could happen where, wherever. That, that could happen in a central league game, a, a, an injury or whatever. It's I'd rather it be in a competitive fixture against a side that are actually going to give us a game rather than against essentially what were Notts County's under-16s when we played them in, in, in the Central League. It's a good test and it's momentum and it is the prize money as well. You can't you can't deny that. So you, do you think we'll put our strongest team out on Tuesday? Yeah, because we want to win games. I, I don't think... I think when we, will, when we will see rotation is the Doncaster game. That's when Nigel Clough won't care, which I'll rant about nearer the time. But I think we will. Nigel Clough will try and maintain some momentum. If he Let's say for argument's sake that he sticks with the same 11 that started against Colchester on Saturday, on this coming Saturday against Barrow. I think the rotation he will make is he will probably give Aidan Flint a rest and put Bailey Cargill in. He'll try and get Callum Johnson 60 minutes. He might even try and get um, George Williams 60 minutes. But even when you put those players in and take the other players like Jordan Barry or Lucas Aikens or Aidan Flint or, you know, whoever, Aaron Lewis or whatever, out, Lewis Reed out, whatever, the players to come in, they're not spare part players. They are players that are still capable of competing at League One level. And I think that's what makes us a dangerous side. We're not just... An 11 this season, we are a squad. And that's why I have the same belief as what you said earlier, Clive, about when we go behind in games, we can come back into the games. And I think that's where a lot of this drive comes from. So to, an to answer your question, I think we will put a strong side out with one or two changes. But I think those players who come in will be coming in not just for one game. They'll be coming in to go, I'm taking that shirt and just builders. Everything's a building process this season. Win every game that's out there. Well, it's perfectly agree. true we've got a squad big enough to give Clough a headache every week because it's a it's a, a better position to be in than he was last season when he was scraping the barrel. But he has got choices to make. 
Yeah, but the good choices, aren't that's they? That's what I'm saying. It's a better uh, yeah. position to be in. Yeah, that's what he'd, uh, he'd sooner have those choices. I'll be happy if the next two league games we get at least four points and we end up in the hat for the fourth round. Yeah. The longer the, the, longer the unbeaten run goes on, yeah. uh, the, the more jeopardy it does bring. But, you know, that's part and parcel of football. And I'd rather now, you know, get in that hat for the fourth round where we're going to get potential more bigger money spinner and things like that. We've already got 12K from the, the game so far, according to some data that I found earlier. 5K for round one. Yeah. Round two. seven. Yeah, that's right. And it's 10 for, for round three. You know, you, you you add all that together, that's 22K. And that essentially, you know, pays for a, a player if we need it in, in January as well. So be greedy. I think we, we can cope with, with, with games coming thick and fast. We've got to anyway at, at some point. Yeah. So, so why not? Um, and, and looking at those games as well, Clive, you know, we are going to be Saturday, Tuesday for the next, what, three, four weeks. Barrow, Peterborough, Gillingham, Wrexham, AFC Wimbledon, Doncaster in the EFL Trophy, and then Notts County, uh, the game that's on, on, on Sky. Um, so, you know, squad rotation and keeping these players fit and everything is, um, is, is part and parcel of... Um, what we want to do, and I think it just gives us a good opportunity now to, with players coming back in, you, you know, we're not looking too bad, are we? We were having a little bit of a moan a few weeks ago about how bad the injury table was looking, but it's it's clearing up. It is. And no risk, disrespect to Barrow, because I think they're a dangerous side. I think we all the other league fixtures we've got in front of us now, up to including Notts County, they're all serious contenders. Yeah. If there's a bright bright light where Gillingham's concerned is they are 1-0 winners every game. They're not prolific scorers. So, providing we can take control of that and bag a couple of goals, we'll beat them. Whereas somebody in the column said that uh, Swindon, on the other hand, are playing for fun. They're banging goals in from everywhere. Mm. Yeah. But, I, I mean, that, that, will, that particular balloon is bound to burst at some point. Yeah, and we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, of course. Uh, Roy in the comments says, I remember when we didn't rest players and and uh, tried every match, cup or league. Winning breeds confidence, and for a team like ours, a fourth a fourth division club, any cup win is fantastic just for, for it being every game. And Simon adds, see a strong team against Peterborough, keep the unbeaten run going, and uh, ch uh, a chance to play a Prem team um, as well. So... You know, it's about time that we had a good cup run because I think it just does add to the, to the coffers and uh, it just does breed that confidence. We're never going to win the Carabao Cup. We're never going to win the FA Cup. So why not rinse the early rounds for money and put it in the in the bank to uh, to get where you want it in the league, Alan? That's my logic behind it anyway. And who thought we wouldn't have won in 87? Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely that. Right, so let's turn our attentions uh, to uh, Barrow and, of course, the worst jingle... In podcast history. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? It's the guessing game that brings you zero fame. But to be the best, you must outguess the rest. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? In the League or Cup, you just make it up. Because they're just works of fiction. It's podcast predictions. Will they win, lose or draw?
So Barrow then up on Saturday afternoon. Podcast predictions will reveal the latest table next week, but I can tell you that Nick Felton is still at the top on 32 points, but Fathead just behind him on 31. That's his name. It's not an insult. It's the name he's using. In terms of the Mansfield Matters group, I can tell you that I'm no longer bottom. It's Nathan and Alan is still at the top. And with that in mind, it's Alan Wilson to go first in terms of Barrow at home. I would say a 3-1 win. And I think Aikens will come up the goods for the man of the match. Clive, you're next. 1-0 win. Flint. Ooh, interesting. I am going to go for a 2-1 win. And I'm going to go for Lewis Reed. And I will also get my um, prediction in for Peterborough. And I'm going to go for a... 2-0 win and I'm going to go for Callum McDonald Alan Ooh. Can can you have 1-1 and go through on penalties? Uh, you can you might as well just go for a win though but you can have either or Yeah well I'll uh, I'll go for 1-1 win on penalties for the Stags Yeah and uh, the man of the match that night I think Maris might be back Clive finishes off uh, 2-0 defeat, DKD. Interesting. As always, if you want to play along with podcast predictions, you can do so via the link in the description. And a reminder, you must do so no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff for your selected game. You can get your predictions in now for Barrow, for Peterborough, and if you want to, Gillingham. We do it month by month, and we'll update you with the latest league table at the end of this month. Lots of games coming thick and fast. Who will be top of the table? Make sure you join us next time to find out. On the guessing game, that brings you zero fame. Will Clive have to apologise for going for a defeat? Or will he be right? Will Alan be spot on when it comes to calling a penalty shootout? Or will I be right? Will we cruise through to round four? and put 10k in the bank. It's all about predictions. We'll wait and see as the Stags take on Barrow and Peterborough in the coming days. Right, that's almost all we've got time for on tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast. Before we do uh, depart, let's talk briefly about uh, Barrow on Saturday. We do need to uh, have a bit of an improved performance, Clive, don't we, from what we put out on uh, Saturday. Uh, does that come with uh, making a few tweaks and changes to the team? I'm thinking the likes of Callum Johnson, Will Swan, maybe for a start, and definitely someone else than uh, Hiram Boateng in midfield, preferably someone who can use both feet. I think it'll be a different team attitude, a collaborative, a collaborative team attitude um, against Barrow. I think it's going to be at home. The, the climate's going to be more conducive. I think the players have every right to be disappointed with the overall um, um, performance against Colchester. They'll come out fighting. And I think um, Barrow will be very, very tough and hard to break down. That's why I've elected for a low-scored game. But I think... Uh, It'll be a really good game at the right time in our season. Alan, what about you? I think, you know, Barrow are going to be one of those sides that are going to be really, really tough to beat. And I agree with Clyde. I think it's going to be a narrow, narrow game. I think, yeah, possibly. But I'm, I've just got a funny feeling that Stags will get an early goal on Saturday and it will lift the mood of the camp, the players. Everything. Q block. 
Pardon? And Q Block. <laughs> Q Block's fine. Well, the, the, there's been some criticism of Q Block and the drummer and things in recent weeks, and some of it's unfair, some of it's reasonable. Uh, but I do think it, it, they need to be uh, jump started by something on the pitch to take your point. An early goal gets them fired up. And when, they're left, fired and up. when, when they're playing flat, as we have done at, at times, it's very difficult for the cheerleaders amongst the choir to get them going. It's true, you know. It's all you know. We we're there to watch a football match, but in reality, what we are actually needing when it comes to atmosphere is tennis, because we need the players to bat a good performance into the stands, and then we need the fans to bat a positive vibe and energy back into the uh, back onto the pitch. That analogy is absolutely. It's, a, it's up there with your best, that one, Craig. I mean, you know, I work on it for. for I work on it for next. You really, must do some work before we go to. Go on there, you know, because some of your analogies are creative. Listen, my analogies are absolutely spot on. It's, what The one thing about my analogies is the fact that, you know, they are spontaneous. They're a little bit different. They are... They're yours. Yeah, they're mine. <laughs> they're made up as they go along. Uh, one thing before we do uh, leave, I want to bring your guys at, at home attention to this. Uh, and it's uh, just a little shout out on behalf of uh, Mansfield Museum. And that is in March 2024, uh, there'll be a brand new exhibition at Mansfield Museum, Football, the Beautiful Game. The project will explore all things football from grassroots and the beginnings of the game to the Premier League and the WSL. They're going to look at how the game is portrayed in TV, film and in gaming and how it's uh, governed, plus lots, lots more. Part of the exhibition will focus on Mansfield Town and the museum are keen to speak to supporters about their memories, experiences and love of the Stags. They're going to record these conversations as a video compilation to be played at the exhibit. And they're going to be at Field Mill on Thursday or the One Call Stadium uh, at, on Thursday the 5th of October making those recordings. If you've got stories to share and would like to get involved, please email uh, Kirsty Sanders, the Museum Development Officer, uh, which is ksanders at mansfield.gov.uk. I actually went to meet with uh, Kirsty earlier this week to talk about uh, the ex exhibition. And I know that Nick, our shirts guru, has as well. And uh, Mansfield Matters will be involved in that uh, football exhibition in some way, shape or form. Maybe we'll, um, I don't know, have a little bit of a different setting for one of the usual podcasts. Maybe... We will uh, hear from a few old faces. Maybe we'll do something completely different. But whatever it is, we'll keep you right up to date here on the Mansfield Matters podcast. And if you do want to get involved, all the details can be found on the Mansfield Museum website. And the post is also on the Stags supporters page as well. Right. That is it. That's all we've got time for tonight on the Mansfield Matters podcast. My thanks as ever to the Mansfield Matters podcast panel and to you guys at home for watching and for listening. If you want to get involved with podcast predictions for the Barrow game, for the Peterborough game, the link that you need is in the description. A reminder, you must do it no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on the respective games. Can the Stags keep their unbeaten run going? Can they bounce back from a below-par performance at Colchester last weekend as they return home to face Barrow this weekend? 
or will the bubble burst at last? The only thing that we can be sure of is that when all is said and done, football is a results-based business. And I'll tell you this for free. Mansfield can play ugly between now and the rest of the season, but as long as they get the results, I could not give a flying how they manage to get promotion as long as they do. We'll see you next time on the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast, and we're proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. We'll see you next week as we recap Barrow and hopefully have made it through in the Cup too. If only so I can have banter with Clive. Good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.